Hi everyone, your favorite international CPA here, James Baker. I have a great call today with uh, Marcus. He's from Germany. He left Germany. I had some questions for him about, about that, but he had questions, is New Mexico a great option for an LLC? And he gets into it about these 5472 questions. Like, do I really have to file? Really? And uh, I show him some of the references there. So that's toward the end of the call. Stick to the end and you'll see why you still really have to file this 5472 form. And we talk about the Corporate Transparency Act a little bit at the end as well. So stick to the end if you want to hear all that stuff. It's probably about you. Thank you. Appreciate you being here. Let's go. Haven't done my taxes. I'm too turned up. Haven't done my taxes. I'm too turned up. Hey, I'm here now. The other headphones. I plugged into a, a power outlet that wasn't plugged into the wall, so they never charged. Oh, okay. So first of all, thanks for having me here. I really like that format. And I think it's a nice win-win situation for both sides. Yeah, me too. So, it's, so when I came up with it, I was like, oh, great. Now I can take all these justified taking calls all the time and helping people out and make it work for everyone. Yeah, nice so, idea. No, so thanks. Just a warning, I'm a little bit unsure how stable the internet connection is, so I might need to reconnect via cellular phone. It's, it seems good for now. It seems like the internet's fine. We'll just get, we'll get into okay. it then. Cause you actually put really good notes here. You have a lot of great questions. So I don't know if you want to just get, tell me a little bit about what you're doing for business. I see that you're a German, right? You left Germany. Yeah. So actually last year I, uh, I left Germany before I was a more or less former software developer, AKA technical consultant. So my main business model was helping my customers to do technical decisions or to adjust software programs according to new regulations or new requirements from their customers or, or from them. That was my main business. But last year I decided to leave Germany. I canceled my apartment, sold everything. And now actually I'm looking for a new home to reside, but how, for how now it, I'm more or less traveling. How does it work in Germany? When you leave, you don't have to pay taxes anymore in Germany? It's quite complicated. So normally the tax is depend on your, if you're having a flat more or less. If you have tax, right. So in Germany, it depends if you have, if you actually live there. Yeah. 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 So but do you need some... to establish tax residency outside of Germany to stop paying taxes? Um, not really. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit, uh, it's a hard topic because there are some extra regulations, especially when you previously have uh, had a company, there are some different states of how you're taxed. So actually if I'm currently, because I have the citizenship, I'm more or less taxed for income from Germany, more or less. So not for. So, so for example, when I, when you have dividends or bank accounts and yeah. they, yeah. these kinds are still taxed in Germany. Yeah. That's always going to be the case when you have the biggest examples with like rental real estate. If you have rental real estate, you always pay tax in the country where the real estate is because they have the right yeah. to tax you. That's, those are the easiest examples, but for yourself now doing consulting income, traveling all over the place. I just didn't know if there was, cause in the U S you can't, you always pay us taxes. If you're a yeah. citizen in Canada, they have to do like a formal exit. So they have to file some forms and tell Canada that they're leaving and they're not going to pay taxes as a resident anymore. So I guess yeah, they don't that's... have that in Germany. You just leave and stop making German income and they don't have to pay taxes on it. Yeah. In Germany, you need to, to register your place where you live. And when you leave, you need some kind of deregister it. Okay. Interesting. 
So where did you, how did you deregister? What address did you give them? Like, uh, um, they, they don't, actually, they don't need any address. They just ask uh, where you want to go and you can tell them or you can just say any country and then they just register, okay, he's going to that country, but that's all. Awesome. So that, those are for my questions, really. That's what I was most curious about. <laughs> What's your biggest question that you have? Uh, so actually, my, one of my, my former customers reached out to me and asked me if it's possible to do still some business. And yeah, currently I'm looking for a solution to, to invoice that customer via some kind of an entity. And uh, yeah, you so said... the US LLC is some kind of uh, possible solution for that. It's a great solution. That's what we, I help people with all the time, every day. And that's the, a great solution. It's still, if you're not doing stuff in the U S it's still a tax-free way to have a company and a bank account in U S dollars based in the United States. And it's the, it's just a big, a big country in terms of commerce. There's a lot of business done in the U S with U S companies. So it's a little, people are usually comfortable, more comfortable paying U S companies and just having the accounts and everything makes it. Yeah. It's a great. That's a great option. You mentioned on the questions that you want to receive payments via IBAN. Yeah. Does that, is that like a wire? I'm, I'm like, I don't want to say, uh, risk um, sounding yeah, stupid. It's a, it's a wire transfer in, in Europe, more or less. It's a European. Okay. So, hold on. Let me... So for example, when you have transfer buys, you get a U.S. bank account with uh, the wiring details, but you also can request a international bank account. It stands for international bank account number. So it's yeah. a wire transfer made from the U.S. to a foreign bank. Usually to send money to an IBAN, you need the recipient's account number. Okay. So the, it's quite cool because it's quite new. It's about four to five years or a little bit, a little bit older, but uh, you can more or less, you can transfer, um, money inside the U mostly without any costs. So every bank in Europe is, has a need to provide you an IBAN and you can transfer all inside the euro without any further costs model. Oh yeah. So it's not really, it's not really for American accounts as much. It's more because we have swift codes and we send wires, which are a little bit different than IBAN transfers. It looks like the U S equivalent to like an ACH transfer where that's like a bank to bank transfer. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if U S accounts have IBAN numbers, but they can still receive wires from abroad. Uh, we have swift codes. Because, I've, but when I send, I, you're right, I do get an IBAN number when I send wires abroad, but in terms of receiving wires from abroad, I don't know if it's something that is issued or even, or is necessary. Okay. Yeah, that was more or less a bonus question. <laughs> okay, we went to that first because I, I, I jump around to the stuff that I, since I'm leading the call, I see what, I, when I have a question, I'm a pretty curious guy myself. The Your plan, questions. so actually the plan was a Foreman US LLC. Perhaps in New Mexico, it seems for me the most simplest and cheapest solution for now, because you don't have to file any annual stuff. So just the initial, initial registration. And normally it's mentioned that when you're a foreigner, it doesn't really matter in which state you form your LLC. So I wonder, just to be curious, um, do you see any downsides in forming a New Mexico LLC? No, it's like you said, as a foreigner, from a tax perspective, it doesn't really matter. I think New Mexico is a pretty anonymous place anyways, although for you, it doesn't really matter the anonymity as much. 
Uh, yeah, do... this I don't care about the anonymity. I just want the simple process more or less. Yeah, we do, we usually use we use Delaware for a long time. I'm starting to use more Wyoming now because of for a couple of different reasons. I'm going to make a separate video about that. Actually, I'm going to make a couple of clickbait videos about like where to register your company because everyone's always searching that. To answer your question, there's nothing wrong with using a uh, New Mexico LLC because, like I said, from a tax perspective, it's all the same as as long as you're not doing any business in the U.S. Okay. Do you think regarding the form five four seven two, it's a problem when I have no real residency because I checked the form on the IRS side and they asking some stuff like where the LLC is taxed, where the person is taxed, what's the foreign tax ID and all that stuff. You could put your German tax ID and you could put that you're a German citizen, but in terms of your address and your residence and where you're doing business, you, you have to pick somewhere. If you don't want to pick Germany, then put somewhere. A lot of my clients like you in Europe that are digital nomads pick a place like Panama and become tax residents of Panama so that they have like a tax residency that they can fall back on to say I'm a tax resident here. And then they still continue traveling the same Panama two weeks a year. And that's like the extent of that. So if it's not because in other countries it's required to, to leave, you have to have a new tax residency. Yeah. So that's why people do it that way. That's just an idea because really from the U S side, it doesn't matter that much. It's only from the German side. You don't want to tell the U S to, to tell Germany that you're doing business in Germany when you're not, then you're not paying taxes in Germany. It could be a disconnect. Do, and... do you know if there's any information exchange regarding this form? I can't verify these forms still are filed manually with fax and paper. I imagine out of all the data that the IRS has it's less shared because it's harder to manipulate and organize and, and classify without errors. That's just my guess. I imagine you mentioned the Corporate Transparency Act, and I imagine that is, I'm going to make a video about that too. I imagine that is something where the information will probably be shared a little more, but to, to what end and to what purpose and how it's used, I don't think it's going to be really, it's just so much information. You're a, a software a tech guy, so you understand it's just like so much data that it becomes almost useless. Mm. The real purpose of all this stuff is to get as anti-money laundering purposes. Uh, do, do you know what, what kind of requirements the address needs to, needs to, needs to match when you form that for your member? Because yeah, currently it's a little bit problematic because yeah, as I said, I don't have a residency and more or less I, I switch my resident address when you would would name it that way. Where are you staying right now? Every, every month. Uh, in Costa Rica, actually. Costa Rica is great. Just use an address in Costa Rica. And uh, do they, do the IRS come back somehow to that? So for example, when they have questions about the, the form, do they, do they reach out the LLC address or the personal? Address? Oh, you mean the mail? So for my clients, we use our mailing address for the forms, for the company address. Uh -huh. And then for the client address, they never mail anything to like the owner or the ultimate owner address. They never mail anything oh, okay. to that person. Okay. 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 So in general, do they get back to the, so do you know if you formed the form right or you just never hear from them after you form the form? Yes, that's exactly right. So we prepare the form, we fax it to them, we get fax confirmation and we never hear from them again. That's exactly how it works. Okay. Only if you do it wrong or they want money is you hear from the IRS. It's the same in Germany. Yeah. If you did it right 
you don't, you don't want to hear from them. Right? If you did it right, then that's it. Sometimes people like to hear they get money back, but usually it's not the, the case, especially with these forms when there's it's all informational. They're always either going to want you did it wrong or they need more information. Okay. So uh, actually, I, I read a lot of stuff about that form. And so my conclusion more or less is at least when you form the LLC, you are supposed to form that 5472 because you paid for the foreign entity for registration. That's, yeah. that's right. Huh? Okay. I'm a little bit curious about how to get money out of that LLC because more or less is a pass-through entity and that transaction would be also reportable. So in the end, it would say that you need to report it every year yeah. when you do business. The, basically, everything is a reportable transaction. So it's a form you would have to do every year. I mean, it's the only form you have to do and you don't have to pay taxes. So it's not that bad. You still, if you're using your company, you're paying for stuff, you're sending money around, you probably have a file, a reportable transaction and a requirement to file. Very, it's very likely if you're, especially if you're doing business. Uh, I don't know if it's a little bit too detailed, but for example, when you pay for the formation and um, for example, when you take money out of the company, is it reported in the part four and six? Because I, I saw the instructions from that form, how to file it, and it mentioned there's some part five, which especially mentioned these kind of transactions. So I wonder if uh, these kind of transactions are reported in separately via this part five or in four or six. Those are, I'll bring the form up for you. Give me a second. <laughs> You don't really report anything in, in part six. So on the form, part four is monetary transactions between the related party and the foreign and the reporting corporation, right? That's, mm -hmm. and if you have transactions, like usually it's going to be consideration paid, no consideration paid for technical or services. Like it's like management fees or commissions that most of them is going to be in there. Most common lines. Reportable transactions of a reporting corporation that's a foreign-owned U.S. disregarded entity, which it was BU, and then you describe on a separate sheet um, based on these regulations amount paid or received in connection with the formation, dissolution, acquisition, or disposition of the entity, including contributions and distributions. So you check that and put it on a different sheet. Because the interesting thing is when you check the instructions for the form, the, the IRS exclude the entity to file that form if you only have transactions in part four or six. But yeah, these are December 2019. So let's see, they don't have part five on here. Part six, part three, part four, part five. Yeah, can you search? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I think it's the same like in the form, but when you search uh, who must file this form. Oh. It's on like the very first pages, who must file, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the, if you the, the, this the, is it. Generally, a reportable court must file if a reportable transaction with a foreign or domestic related party. And then there's an exclusion which says, yeah, you don't need the form when you don't have transactions which are put to part four or part six. Parts four or six. This person controls if any of the following. Okay. Controls a foreign related corporation. Yeah, so you just see the blank. We can put someone. 
points. So actually, so actually, why I'm asking this question is because when you need to file these kind of transactions, like forming costs and dispositions uh, in part in part five, I wonder if that's an exclusion for filing that form at all. And I'm a little bit unsure because you see so much stuff on the internet and on YouTube and. So sometimes some guys say, okay, you, you just need to form for the formation and not for dis distributions. Here, let's do this. What is a action? Mata and Baker YouTube. I made a video about this. What is a reportable transaction? And um, I want to find the code section that I was referencing in this video. Yeah, so this is it. So these was is it the was that in the regulations or the or the code? Hold on. Oh, I just flipped to the page. So this is six zero three eight A dash two. Okay. requirement of return so this is about this is the the internal revenue code the law about when a return is required so the instructions are made to ease more easily consolidate and explain the internal revenue code the internal revenue code is explained through the regulations because the code is more brief the regulations is done by the uh, the lawmakers to interpret the code and then the instructions are like the even more dumbed down version of the regulations but ultimately, the decisions of whether you do things or not should be referenced into the code sections instead of the instead of the instructions. The instructions are good, but if they're unclear or they leave out, you go to the code. Let's see. This is yeah. It says as any. This is it really, and it's pretty clear. It says each reporting corp shall make a separate annual information form. And then that's what this, this code section reference, I think this one references that a single, a foreign owned single member LLC is a corporation for purposes of filing just this form has it. Yeah. Has had any reportable transaction during the year. Reportable transactions listed paragraph B three and four of the section. Okay. If it's effectively connected income will not generate. Okay. And then. This is it. So if the related party is a foreign person, dollar amounts received for the year, if the total is the total of transactions as well as separate amounts of each type. Okay. I think it's mentioned in part X. Yeah. And then XI, and then this is the one with the report to entity as a reporting corporation under these, these regulations. And that's, I don't have to go through the whole separate video, but this is where it references it as a reportable transaction. And this one says that. Oh yeah, these are foreign related party transactions. Yeah, so those that goes through the maybe there's maybe let's see there's something in the exceptions. They don't have exceptions in here. Okay, a reporting form is not required if the transaction listed in paragraphs B three and in three and four. So this is three, and then this would be under three. Okay. So, so thanks for bringing it up. 
He almost got. We almost got me. He almost proved everything I said wrong for the whole. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's go back and double check it again. Let's go control F exceptions. So I guess the IRS page is some kind of a little bit. Yeah, yeah let's keep doing it. Let's do it again. The reporting corporation is not required to file if it has no transactions of the types listed in paragraphs B3 and 4 of this section. If it has no transactions of B3, so let's go make sure that's BA, and that's contents of return B, and then 3, yeah. So it's still, this is in B3 for sure. And then for also non-monetary, list and full. So it's okay. So if you had no transactions, you don't have to file. Is what they're saying. Which is, it, you're right. You, you. Uh, I'm glad that you picked through the instructions so much, and you and you found some almost found an exception for a lot of people because that's most of the requirements of people to file it is that. Let me read this one. Transaction of the corporation subject to reporting under 6038. Okay, so if it's owned by a U.S. person. Okay, so that was good. I'm glad we got to answer that question. <laughs> okay, so I guess one of the last questions would be, so I think you had a, a video about multi-member LLCs. So just uh, to, to double-check. So when, for example, I would found the LLC with my girlfriend, we would, would need to form that 5472. If you have it with your girlfriend, then you file a, a 1065, a partnership return. But actually, you don't need to share any information if I got it. So it's more like a pro forma. I've been back and forth on this, and I put out content saying both <laughs> things because I don't know what to do. Check out the last video I made with Peter Paulson. I put it out a couple of days ago. It's a long video, but it's he's I think he's a tax he's almost he's he's a tax attorney, but he, I think he stopped being an attorney. But in any case, he's researches all the time. He's really smart. We have we talk about this a lot about the filing, and it's I was I've done I filed like blank returns before, but now I'm filing them with all the information because how I in my video when I did the research again, and I have the multi-member LLC master guide. I think I hope that's I gotta watch that again. But the way it's set up is that the U.S. partnership has to report everything, and, and how I understand it. The U.S. partnership reports everything, but a non-resident individual with a K-1 of no U.S. source income and no U.S. trader business doesn't have to pick up the income from the K-1. So I've been filling out the partnership returns. The risk of doing it blank or full, I don't know. It's it's a pretty remote risk always of ever having an issue. Whether you want to, if you want to do it by yourself, it's probably easier just to do it blank. If you want to fill it out, if you're gonna have someone pay someone to do it, fill it out the full way. And then you don't, then you file a blank personal tax return, but you wouldn't file, you wouldn't include any of the income information. So it's something that I don't, it's hard for me to give a, a solid answer on because the guidance isn't there from the IRS. And it's like really, it's not like a, the, a lot of the practical application of the code sections isn't explained, like how to practically disclose things. But we're out here just doing our best, trying to do things that make sense and document it the right way. I hope that isn't okay. like too much rambling and I hope it makes sense. Yeah, it's okay. Do, do you have any more information about that corporate tra transparency act? No, the law just passed and they haven't, they have to finish the, the final regulations and they have to like implement it and stuff. So it's not going to, it's not like, there's a couple websites about it, but it's basically, it's really straightforward. I'll probably, I really have to make a video about that because that's affects a lot of my clients, but really 
every company that's foreign owned has to just send register with fin fincen and upload their passport show what company the uh, the name of their company and who what it is and that's it really you just have to say who the owner is where the owner lives and have a some kind of verifying document of who the owner is it, it's not changing any of the taxation on anything it's just the u.s grabbing more information to do whatever they do with it okay I, like i said earlier the the main purpose is to it's to counter, like counter, let's fight money laundering and anti-terrorism stuff. They call it money laundering and, and anti-terrorism things. Terrorist, terrorist financing, yeah. So that's... Okay. So let me quickly review the questions, but I get we, I guess we already have done everything. Yeah. I think that's all for now. <laughs> okay. I hope it was helpful. Did you already open the LLC? Or are you going to do that still? Not yet, to be honest, because yeah, normally the way I do things is I gather too much information and afterwards I think of how to do it the best way. That's why, that's why I tell people like yourself, I say, you always, you sound like you're advancing your career, you're doing your own thing, you're doing great, but I'm always like, just pay someone to do it and then spend that extra time getting more clients, <laughs> selling more. <laughs> yeah, the, the problem is how my thinking is working. I, I, I want to understand the process and uh, if I'm paying someone else, normally I don't understand the process. Understood. And, uh, no, no disrespect. I, yeah, that's some kind of that. Those are my, those are my favorite clients are the ones that uh, do most of the uh, research themselves. So the questions are very pointed and direct and usually concise. Those are the, my favorite clients, the ones that are pretty informed. But yeah, if you have no other questions, I have another guy waiting to talk for my 1130 call. I know I showed up late to yours, so I took this late. If you have any other questions or need help with anything or, or whatever, you could always schedule another call via this link because I think this was a great call for the channel. I hopefully it helps some people. And thanks for showing up. Now, it was nice to meet you, yeah. Marcus. Thank you. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. Okay, you too. Bye. So that was a good call with Marcus. He, he put me to the test. He said, Hey, I read this. How come, why do I still have to file? And I think I was able to go through some of the regulations and the code there. We'll link that. If my team's on it, we'll link that video that I referenced below. What is a reportable transaction? It's a, an oldie, but goodie. It's always good to get into some of the, the tax code. I know that the Cornell law school isn't, it's probably better to have a, a paid tax research tool, but for quick references, those work. So I hope you enjoyed the video. Don't forget to fire 5472. Best of luck to you, Marcus, if you end up watching the video that you are in and everyone else who's trying to get paid in from some other country, check out, there's a lot of different options for tax residencies and companies, but having that U.S. company and that U.S. bank account is the best way to get paid. Okay. That's how I get paid every day. Thank you so much for, for being here. Like, and subscribe, and I'll see you at the next video. Thanks.